0: From mighty trapdoor mansion, high atop Tit Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pembroke, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut. Robot sex spot stinky stinks so bad he smells. We take turns choosing the games that they review. Even Mario's hotel. Show Come on, characters, nobody likes you. Let this I feel your confidence. Are you ready for a we weekly? Come on, we talk it out. I don't know where we're going, but we're on our way. Welcome, everybody, to We Talk Games' RK Weekly. This is a show we do every week. That's right. What effort. (laughs) Like, comment, and subscribe, goddammit. Yeah, go to Facebook and socials and make that happen. Go to GiantMediaBall.com because, holy Christ, that's what I've been putting all my effort into. I am Wiggly, one of your hosts. I am here in my own studio at Mighty Trapdoor Mansion on the Skype pipe, would-be Kyle Von Kubik. Longest three weeks of my life. It has been a long three weeks. It has. And seven days. Sinky the Game Master, of course, owns all this shit, and he's not here. So it's you good. should follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. Every now and then, at least once every six months, he'll post something <laughs> insulting Tom Hanks. I didn't know that the uh, jitterbug
1: phone was able to tweet. <laughs> he's on the jitterbug. <laughs>
0: uh, that's a good one. And he also hooked up Mighty Jack. To his computer, yeah, mighty Jack. I really want to get stinky on Vine. No, we don't. Someday, you know, he was asking me how he's like. uh, I can't do an imitation of him, but he was like, uh, (laughs) "How how can I? How come you know you are on Vine and you do all these videos or stuff? How can I get on Vine?" And I was like, "I don't know, puppetry, marionette, (laughs) I don't know." We talk about one arcade game every week, and that's all we do. One hundred percent game talk, zero filler. Today's game is going to be from 1982. We mention it a lot. Yeah, because lot. it is one of my favorite games of all time. It's a great game. Let's not get ahead of ourselves because it's a great game and a great arcade game and it's a true arcade game. Mm-hmm. Interesting fact. Yeah. Not one one. <laughs> according to Wikipedia, mm. not one button we reaction. But can we really trust Wikipedia? Uh I made the entry, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, how come the entries in Wikipedia for Super Meat Boy and Guacamole Super Turbo Championship Edition don't mention me as the announcer?
1: Well, that's a good question. Probably because it's been deleted by some
0: dick. I don't know how to add things except about the wee wee action. <laughs> and very hard. hard Nothing game. else like it. Nothing else like it, man. Yeah, yeah you know we do making mechanics, and I'm going to have to just uh, tell you what I think around that time. And, and All right, right. I got this, a couple. Okay, good. This is Zookeeper by yeah. uh, Taito, 1982. Zookeeper
1: Zeke the Zookeeper. He is Zeke, a real jump man. He if jumps I may. around corners. I like that Mario fool. No. He He drops one girder, dies. Yeah, who cares? Zeke. Zeke jumps like
0: how (laughs) Superman used to jump over buildings. He jumps like a fucking freak show. Not only that, but he's zero G. He can go upside down. Yeah. Left, right, up, down, sideways, diagonally. Wonka Vader. (laughs) 1982 Taito. I'm going to start with a little bit of making mechanics here. Kicks! 1981. Kicks! one off my list. Kicks! Yep. If you don't know what Kix is, Q-I-X is what oh, it is. Oh, <laughs> Quiz? Is it Quiz? Quiz. And then that's uh, all I got, except it's contemporaries. In 1982, you had Donkey Kong Jr. and you had Dig Dug. Mm. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. has nothing to do with Zookeeper. I don't know why I mentioned that. But, however, Dig Dug, Zookeeper reminds me of Dig Dug in some fashion. It's like a fourth-dimensional, twisted, in my opinion.
1: This game actually has three different gameplay elements within it. The one you'll play the most is the one where it's this weird, as you described, inverted (laughs) dig-dug. That's why I mentioned Donkey Kong, because I forgot about the other two levels. Yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong 1981 by Mm -hmm. Nintendo is definitely a part of my making mechanics. And 1982 by Williams, I'm going to put in Robotron
0: 2084. I can see that. Friend of the show, Chris Hardwick, big fan of that game. Is he? Wants us to review it. Oh, that's right. Chris Hardwick, he's like, oh, we talk games. The other guy, the Kyle's like, yeah, man, they go to arcade places and they find old arcade games and they play them. And this is, this is how deep Chris Hardwick goes. Berserk. Stop! That's how deep he goes. Cut That's that how that deep shit out of the did. show. <laughs> That's how That's deep nice. he digs. Don't be a jerk all the time. <laughs> I'm not. I just, I love Chris Hard work. I love Chris Hard work. He does a lot of hard work. He hard work. Hard. He really did work hard, and he he really made something of himself, which is you know incredible. I mean, this guy. If you would have looked at him way back in the day, you would have said, you know, just written him off. But he really worked hard. It's just that it's funny that we finally get mentioned on a huge podcast, huge geeky podcast. And that was the deepest that he could dig was Berserk because he never listened to the show. He didn't know. You know, he didn't right. know we were Wall Street and around. He was just
1: learning about our show. <laughs> right. At that
0: time. Yeah. yeah. He didn't know we were playing games like Wall Street.
1: <laughs> he might be like, don't talk about that fucking show. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, no, I mean, let other people. We talked about a couple popular games, but when we do Pac-Month, we don't talk about Pac-Man. You know, We didn't talk about Miss Pac-Man. We're um, hipster douches what? when it comes to the arcade. See, no, I'm just, is, just kidding. No, but I'm glad you brought up hipster because I don't fucking understand this. I, I don't know what this means because when I was young, a hipster was something that you know was really cool daddy-o in the... In the '60s, you know, you were a hipster. You were mod. Um, mm. You were in art. You did all these cool things. You wore a beret. Now the hipsters of today, I, I don't understand why that. What's wrong with that? You know, and and the hipsters, you do also. You would scat. You go, Beep, boop, I watch ya! <laughs> you know, you were like uh, funny face. You know, yeah, I think today they're most uh, associated with and look, you like
1: whatever you like and dress wh- whatever way you want to dress yeah. for whatever reasons you want to do. As long as you're not hurting anybody, that's fine. Okay. I would say it would be for describing people who like things disingenuously. I like see, they don't gotcha. truly like it for like because they like I, there's bad movies I really it. enjoy. Yeah. Hey, we got a great podcast on the giant media bowl. Canon, Canon. Oh, man. John and Sean talk about really bad movies, but they actually find something to enjoy from those films. They don't just like it because it's cool to like it because no one else does. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the label that's been put upon the hipster uh, movement. See. There's also the artisan, you know, toothbrushes and cheeses and eyeglasses. Like, this, my eyeglasses were hand blown by a guy who only puts <laughs> out eyeglasses 10 each year. Like, stupid shit like that. I but look. See. As far as I'm concerned, if that's what makes you happy, cool. Yeah. Don't be a dick to people. No. That's all I say. Don't be a dick. Don't, don't hurt be a jerk anybody all the time. You, you can have as many penny farthings and handlebar mustaches as you like. <laughs> I don't give a shit.
0: Right? Is it like wearing a wool hat in the summer? Because I have a wool hat on right now. Got my derpy hooves. You derpy hooves fuck. Yeah, I know. And then I was like, well, is it when you wear a, an old man golfing hat? I mean, because I've been wearing those for years, and my buddy has a handlebar mustache. My, you know, my pop in law has a handlebar. You know, I, mean, I think the term is used
1: now for calling someone a phony. I see. So or it's a like poser. poser. Okay. Yeah, like if someone's wearing a uniform to say, look, this, I am this person. Okay. You know, I'm wearing these flannels and have. Interesting facial hair, and I'm a part of this. Okay. Where it's like there's no substance to it; it's just a shell. And I think that it resonates with people as being a phony.
0: I only have one thing to say about this: the same thing I said back in 1979. Everyone's a poser, so let's get back in a zookeeper because yeah, you don't so want to miss I'm making on this. mechanics. Taito, what do you got? I got Keystone Caper 1983 <laughs> by Activision. You're completely right, and that was in my mind, and I forgot about it. Right.
1: There's some escalating levels that play similarly to Keystone Caper. Obviously, that came out afterwards, but there's three different gameplay elements to the stages. The one that's most played is similar to Kicks, where you're trying to box in the animals of the zoo. Mm-hmm. There's another level, and this is called a bonus stage, but you can die on these bonus stages, so they're not bonus stages. <laughs> right. Um, there's one yeah. game that pl- Plays very similarly to Donkey Kong, where you have to rescue your girlfriend, Zelda... No connection to Zelda at the top of the screen as a monkey's throwing coconuts at you um, and you get up there by uh, mitigating these moving platforms that are going either direction, which the, that actually plays very. And I hate to fucking admit it. That plays very similarly to Journey the Escape, the <laughs> arcade game. But you have no headroom. Not at all. Like Those you got jumps are you time oh, it. brutal. And the other bonus stage (laughs) is this level where I guess there's three hallways and then there's an escalator leading up to the next level. You have to get to those escalators, but there's animal cages. And as you get close to those cages, it starts throwing animals at you. And they are the hazards. If you get hit by the animals, you're out. So you have to jump over the animals. Big emphasis on jumping in this game. Oh, yeah. And then you jump over those cages, get on the escalator and get up to Zelda to rescue her again. I'm not sure if in the main stage of you boxing and the animals, if there's any connection between you rescuing Zelda because she's not on the screen saying, save me. Uh, But she is in those two quote-unquote bonus levels, and which is very funny, is the first time I played this, I had heard about this game and watched videos about it, and I was very excited about it, but the first time I played this was for one of my birthdays. I don't know which one it was, but it was the one where we all went to Barcade, and you were there, and I played it with you for the first time. It blew my mind, because the game itself, graphically, I guess you'd say it's on par. There's nothing exceptional about the game, but it's very clear what you're Supposed to be doing, I guess. Yeah, because uh, the game does tell you, you know, box in the animals, and at the end of the timer, if they're in the cage or they're boxed in, you get points. But the, the only power up in the game, aside for things that you can collect for points, is this um, line with a white triangle on top of it. So it's a brown line with a white triangle. And so my good friend Wiggly goes, get the axe and murder the animals (laughs) and never played this game before. I was like, all right. And he runs around and he's moving this thing like an axe hitting the animals and they're all shooting into the center of the screen. The reason why I brought up Robotron 2084 is because it has a lot of that sort of weird abstracty effects happening Mm -hmm. and the sounds are ripped directly from kicks as well as other early title games, yeah. nothing is zoo about the sound effect. <laughs> it's like, boom, 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 Right, right. A lot of Jeff Mittner notes for me with uh-huh. this, because uh-huh. a lot of the effects that Jeff Mittner visits with his uh, Minotaur project, where he does these weird sort of neo-retro games that are like Robotron or Tempest and things, it's like that in this game, only this game, it's age appropriate for 1982. I realized immediately after it's not an axe, it's a net. Yes. <laughs> but because of the graphical limitations, for a brief moment, I thought I was murdering the animals because I had somebody behind me. Yeah, yeah, murder them, murder the animals.
0: <laughs> totally slipped my mind like Arkanoid or uh, Breakout mm-hmm. and also even Yar's Revenge. I think we can lump in with some making mechanics. Yeah. But now yeah. it's time for that new part of our show. Oh, my favorite! Yeah. In the realm, <laughs> realm of, of gaming, gaming history, hysterectomy. History. Wait, what? Yep. In uh, 1982, we had a few new companies uh, of mention. Electronic Arts oh. began in 1982, and Lucasfilm Games. Oh, our buddy by, by the guy that killed Pinball. <laughs> yeah, George Lucas. Any the arcade, its contemporaries were, believe it or not, Zaxxon, mm-hmm. which if you look at this game, you would not think Zaxxon came out at the same time. Ms. Pac-Man, Baby mm-hmm. Pac-Man, and Super Pac-Man. Now, one of them was good, and the yeah. other two were made by Namco. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. Yeah. Recently,
1: we had the 35th anniversary. The Japanese developers, uh, as of uh, recently, have been really breaking my heart, uh, Konami being the biggest offender oh, yeah. as far as their direction and choices. So I've been very kind of just bitter and angry about it because I'm an old man. Yeah. So there was this big celebration of, you know, Pac-Man and the 35th anniversary. And for a brief moment, I, I almost tweeted Namco just to say, yeah, it is the 35th anniversary, but the better Pac-Man game came out two
0: years later. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Pac-Man is a better Pac-Man. It, it is. really is. It is. Yeah. And I love that game. And but I did not do that because that's Dick. And Namco has a lot of goodwill still but you with did. Me.
0: You did tweet a picture of the Pac-Man Park um, tombstone. <laughs> that we'll wasn't us also.
1: we did not hire a grave maker to make a grave for pac-man
0: <laughs> oh that's a great opening shot for being in a tumwa as soon as get could Tumwa <laughs> pac-man park and this is honest cast right, if you, right now <laughs> if you don't know our good buddy walter day invited us to the big bang 2010 i guess it was yes which was the second big bang that they had there in and it supposed to be like a, a <laughs> kickoff Heighten awareness, get some money to open
1: a video game Hall of Fame and museum in Ottumwa, Iowa.
0: Yes. They celebrated Pac-Man, and they renamed this one pac That for must the 30th Mars. anniversary, right? Uh, yeah, because it's five years ago. Good. Hey, we could do fives. Math! We went from being able to do things with zeros, now we could even do it with fives. We just do the zero, then we subtract half of it. So, we went to Pac-Man Park... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they dedicated a statue, I believe they called it, a statue commemorating Pac-Man. But I guess they didn't know any statue makers, so it was actually a tombstone <laughs> <laughs> that they had. Oh, are well, uh,
1: not joking. No. Folks, this is real.
0: Yes, that they had engraved by a professional tombstone engraver. <laughs> 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 and yes. it was about... Two and a half feet high. <laughs> yeah, like a gravestone. I thought they were going to unveil. <laughs> this giant Pac-Man, you know, holding the power pellet above his head like Rocky I, or something. I don't want to be shitty about it. No, there, there was no. there's a lot of effort and work that went oh, into this. Because if you know how much those things cost to have made, yeah. I mean, oh that's gosh. a lot of money Too, but you know, it was pitched to everybody
1: that they were gonna, it was gonna be a new park called Pac Man Park in Otumwa. Yes. And really, all it was was the mayor for a day, right? Dubbed this particular park Pac Man Park. And the park itself is actually a park that's dedicated to the uh, men and women who died in combat. That's true who came from Atum, Ohio, which is a much more honorable reason to have a park name after it. And I understand that it was the only fucking park in Atum, Iowa. Yeah. So for the day, they, they dubbed it Pac-Man Park. I don't know if that was the best choice because going there, it, it's a very nice park. But there are these legitimate statues there for mm. these people who died in the line of service. In the Civil War, I believe, was the earliest marker. I don't
0: remember all the particulars. But, yeah, it was um, a very nice, I don't know what you could call it, totem or whatever this that you could a, walk This around. event
1: almost killed when we talk games. Because talk about the wind getting sucked out of your sails. We were on such a high getting there. Yeah. And by the time we got there and left, we were on such a low. But still, and, and one of our most. Popular uh, downloads. I would never take it back. It was an experience. Uh, Wiggly and I went through probably a decade worth of friendship in the 14 hours we were stuck together in a car. I think we had uh, at least a dozen fights and there was definitely about two hours where I did not speak a fucking word to you. Wow, I don't remember that. It was good for our friendship because (laughs) it was like uh, a Cliff Notes if you will. Usually you need to go over a, a 10 year or 15 year experience with somebody to get all that. We got in a 14 hour car ride. So we went through like hyperspace. It was really good. It was definitely a good experience. But hey, they had an awesome spread to celebrate Pac Man. I think they had every coin operated variant right, of right. Pac Man there,
0: which right. was very cool. Back into the realm of gaming history Donkey Kong Jr. came out the same year. Taito released uh, Jungle Hunt. Namco's pole position came out, mm-hmm. which was the first game that featured the stereoscopic type of into the screen driving. <laughs> Without um, a car being painted onto the glass. Right, exactly, yes. Because <laughs> technically, you had night driving, uh, you know. Pango also came out, mm. and... Not enough love for Pango. Maybe we'll visit that someday. Sega Pango? Okay. Universal did Mr. Do. Mm, excellent game we've reviewed. Time Pilot. Came out by Konami, and the same time Namco released Zevius. So, two not so similar shooters, but somehow I could find a link there. They both play completely differently. One you free roam, the other one you're you're on rails. Qbert also came out. My wife's favorite. Yeah, Tron, the arcade game came out before the movie Tron was released. Williams was on a fucking roll that year. Joust, Robotron 2084, Sinistar, and Moon Patrol. Burger Time came out, and also Taito released Frontline, which would create the Ramboed game genre. That's right. In the hardware arena, we had the 5200. ColecoVision was also released, and General Consumer Electronics released the Vectrix. So you had the Vectrix, the Atari 5200, and the Clico to choose from. On the home consoles, 4 to 2,600, mostly barnstorming, Pitfall, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, which was the first Star Wars game created by the newly formed Lucasfilm Games. And so the same year they had the ColecoVision, the Atari 5200, and the Vectrix, mm-hmm. Atari released E.T., the extraterrestrial, which would bring all these new game systems to <laughs> a giant video game crash of 1983. <laughs> Can we really blame Just ET for that? We can. No, I don't think that's fair. There was a lot of problems with people not understanding what they needed to own to play this, that, or the other. ColecoVision had a dozen peripherals. It had a steering wheel. It had a steering wheel. (laughs) Uh, Well, and
1: and Sears was bullshitting people saying like, oh, well, you can only play this game console. Oh, no. Was it with the Magnavox? They said you had to play with the Magnavox television. That was the first crash. People didn't know if, yeah, but with Sears, Sears had their own variant of the Atari. Right. So people didn't know
0: if I have to go to Sears to get my games. Right. There was even another third party that made the CVS compatible Kids, it's Hardware. all cyclical right now because
1: we in America, I say we, started video games and the industry, and then we fucking killed it. <laughs> and the Japanese. Three uh, times. <laughs> yeah, br- breathed it back to life. And now it seems like it's swung the other way, where the West, Europe, and North America are, you know, saving the video game industry, while our Japanese counterparts seem to be more interested in packy slots. And fucking mobile games on telephones. True. True. So it'll come back. It'll come back. I just don't know in what fashion. I'm not being a Rasputin about this, but I think the console game era is definitely coming to an end.
0: That's true, but I don't think we're going to have another video game crash because I believe that now we've learned that we need to innovate instead of completely disassemble. (laughs) No No
1: disassemble. But going back to Atari and what caused that crash? Yes, ET was a a shining example of what that company was doing wrong, and it had done that previous to ET, and it's what led up to this crash. And it's it was a flood of shit (laughs) in the video. I mean, honestly, there's no way it was just a flood of fucking shit. Yeah, on the market. Uh, And consumers didn't know what the hell they were even buying. And there was weird return policies at the time where you can bring back games and get your money back. Sure. Which, you know, no longer exists for those reasons exactly. And that is what you're seeing now with iOS games. There is such a flood of shit. Yeah. In the iTunes store. (laughs) Um, But... Because there's so many different ways to find out about games now and so many different ways to get it, like you said, I don't think it's going to lead to a crash. But it's definitely annoying that you have to be waist deep in a sewer of shit (laughs) to find a gem on the iPad. All right. (laughs) I'm an old man and I'm angry about this. (laughs) Okay, because
0: I've been playing some fairly decent games.
1: There are great games out there, but you have to admit there's a shit
0: ton Yes. Talking Cat is always in the top I'm, 10 for, games. Forget
1: Why? that. I, I feel like... Um, What's Talking Cat? I All don't the, know. the Taiwanese companies that would send out those uh, spam emails yeah. have now stopped doing that and instead are making <laughs> shit 99 cent games for the iTunes store. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Especially
1: when you read some of the descriptions for these bad games. They are hilarious. <laughs>
0: Much pleasure you will derive from jumping this platform game. <laughs> Speaking of jumping and platform, let's find out more about Zooey the Zookeeper. Zeke. Zeke! When you start out first level, you get dumped into the play field, much like Mario Bros. would initially in the first one. We talk about that game a lot, too. Jesus, we need to review that. I don't mm. think everyone's played that, you know what I mean? We they need some Super Mario Brothers. Popeye. We need some distance from Popeye and we need to a distance from everything else. And plus, we have our schedule filled up till 2017. <laughs> so it has to come after 2017 yeah. if we're still alive. So you get dumped in this, and there's this rectangle on the screen that's got a bunch of what are supposed to be animals inside of it. And I think it's just what do you start out with elephants?
1: Yeah, at first, you start the game. There are, you're right, I think it's just a couple elephants. I almost said it like you did, <laughs> with a, uh, what's a representing lion. a little cage in the center of the screen, and they are bricked in. There's a brick wall around them. And as you walk around this wall on all four sides, more bricks are built toward that cage. And what the animals do is they bounce around those brick walls, and as they bounce into it, they eat away at the wall. So the game tells you that you want to keep them bricked in. Mm -hmm. Here's a pro player tip, kids. If you want a high score, fuck that shit. Let the animals out. Yeah, Because when you let them out, you get... Big points for jumping over them. And Zeke, like I I said at the top of the show, is a true jump man. Triple jump. Uh, What you can do with Zeke is crazy. And the controls are floaty and fucked up, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it's absolute insanity that happens. By the time you're on the third screen, shit's just going to go nuts. And if you're into those sort of weird, like I said, Jeff Mittner type games, this game is crazy and addictive. You got two choices. Basically, there's a timer at the top of the screen, and uh, it's a line going down, and there are little icons that break it up into uh, quarters. Yeah, quarters, four sections. And they'll be like, you know, the line, and then it'll be a Sunday, the line, and then the net, the line, a Sunday, and then the line to the end. So as it's boiling down, it hits the Sunday. A Sunday appears. It's just for points. There's a Sundays. There's bananas, watermelon. There, I'm trying to think what else there was. There's different
0: types of fruits and, and treats that and you can grab. It's all around the outside of this initial rectangle. Correct. We have to preface. Everything by saying you run around outsides of a rectangle. Now, even when the rectangle isn't there initially, you're running around the outside of this rectangle. And as you're trying to build blocks to keep the animals in, they're trying to drill their way out and get on the same plane as you where you mentioned that you could jump. So you do have to go down the outside of a rectangle and Upside down, you're defying all types of gravity because it looks yeah. like you're standing. It looks like a side view of a Mario or a person like that. We
1: should have put a Mario Galaxy into the making mechanics <laughs> there this game you because go. the center of gravity would be that cage in the center. True. Because you're able to go around it, not in 360 because it's very squared and yeah. boxy, but yes, you go on the top, the sides, and the bottom, and he is turning to be the right direction. with So when you're on the bottom, he is facing upside down yeah yep. and walking around. So as the treats appear, you collect them for points. When the net appears, the animals that have escaped, you can hit with the net and they'll throw them back towards the cage. By the end, you might want to try to round up as many as you can in the center because you get these point bonuses for having them there. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to the Jeff Mitner Atari early arcade noises, Bound, bound, bound. They start like <laughs> just getting shot at, and point numbers appear. I really love the aesthetic of this game. Yeah. I, I I can't say it like, at first, I thought it was way below par, but then I looked at some other 82 games. It was, it was just there, maybe a little bit below. And for what it was doing, it's fucking nuts. It, the game is just
0: yeah. nuts. It's very speedy, and you can go in either direction you want. And the animals also come in either direction they want. And each animal moves at a different speed. Yes. So they're not always like clumped together. So when you're doing some of these crazy jumps, it's very challenging. Like the elephants will take a little
1: longer to get through the bricks than the lion, which is like top tier points we're talking about with mm-hmm. the lion. Keeping them in, you get big points. Jumping over them, you get a decent amount of points. Evidently, the big trick to this game is, and I can't pull it off because I'm not one of these people who like would just obsess over one game for a long period of time because this does take some skill and practice. But you can get a million points From jumping over a group of animals. Wow.
0: Which is insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. But we're talking like pinball scores with this game (laughs) because of that. Because there's snakes and there's rhinosauruses and there's uh, camels.
1: There's like elk too. There's something with uh, antlers on top of his head. Maybe uh, a gazelle or something. I think it's one of those jackalopes. Oh, a jackalope. Cool. I'm familiar with those. So, yeah, they power through the brick walls. You try to keep them in if you want to get that point bonus at the end. If you let them out, you get points from jumping. But at the end, whatever's in the center screen is going to give you points. So it's kind of that, like, beat the clock. The first half of that uh stage, I'm going to let them out so I can jump over and get points. Otherwise, if you're just bricking them in, you don't get points. No that's important to stress. So like, okay, the first level, yeah, this is easy. I can break them in, but your score is going to suck. You want to let them out. Then the last half of that stage, that's when you want to start wrangling them in so you get that huge point bonus at the end.
0: It's then, really nice that the timer shows you when that net's going to be in place. And you can choose not to use that net until right. the very end, which is very smart to do. Because
1: sometimes it'll give you the net at the very beginning of the stage and other times it'll give you at the very end. Mm -hmm. So there's some strategy there. This is, as we've discussed in the past, this is a classic arcade game where points are king. We're not playing to see the next level, to see what boss you're going to fight. You just want to see how high you can get a score. Or you might just like powering through it and seeing how many stages you can go through. But there's not much else past these three different types of stages. So that's the one stage. That's the predominant stage that you're going to be playing. The first bonus stage is the Donkey Kong one we touched on where Zelda's at the top, little monkey hanging out on a tree, is at the top with her, and he's throwing coconuts at you. And the coconuts, you think the barrels in Donkey Kong are a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh the coconuts God. are nuts because they bounce. So when they get stuck between two platforms, they're bouncing all the way. And the platforms, like you said, have no headroom. So there's just these gaps. And, and they're moving. Moving. And at I believe feet. there's like, I don't know, there's a dozen or so <laughs> levels of these platforms. The first round is going left to right. The other is going right to left. So there's this mitigation similar to Frogger where you have to
0: work your way to the top. It's challenging. The coconuts are moving in slow motion. And he'll throw several of them at one time. And some of them will bounce and some of them won't bounce. By the way, uh, Zelda's in bondage, which is uh, always interesting to see a monkey put a girl in bondage. uh, And why would he do that? I don't know. (laughs) And I don't know. uh, When you get to the top, I don't know if the coconuts can still hurt you. I always have avoided them. So, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe at the very top level, it doesn't. But also appearing on these levels to try to inspire you to stick around and fall off into the bottom that's slowly pulling away into that's uh, right. That's really a, important. I forgot to a mention lava that. pit. I guess. Yeah, I yeah. uh, think uh, Joust. Right, Joust yeah. did that at the bottom right. of the screen. Right, right. The Sundays and and the little treats will appear there as well. And there's also that urn, that magic chalice at the top which is really hard because once you get one platform under the chalice it will not appear any longer if you're two platforms under it it'll still appear but the jumps are just so difficult and if you happen to be where a batch of coconuts are coming down very very hard to not fall down a level or just get cracked in the head by the coconut yeah the game is
1: very loose I think the programming is very loose. I think the controls are very loose. When we played this together in Barcade, I believe I got up to the point where that bonus stage that we're describing had the platforms turned off, where they were invisible. I was like, man, this is a really tough game. Like, I can't believe they made this choice. What I found out uh, doing research is that was a bug, and oh. they just left it in there because they're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> it's like... It it makes it more challenging. But just to give you an idea, so it's tough enough when you can see the platforms, but now imagine it where (laughs) you can't see the platforms at all, so you don't know if there's a gap, if you're jumping on anything. Just jump. Just jump like a maniac, and chances are you'll get up there and try to—a lot of times you feel like you cheat the game because he's just so floaty and all over the place, but it lends to the charm of this game.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think so. I could get through those platform levels perfectly. I could get through the first six levels perfectly. No deaths, no missing any animals escaped at the very end. I don't try to spend a lot of time on the platforms getting the the ice creams or anything else because it's hard enough to get up there. So if I could get up there in like 10 seconds or five seconds, I'll do that. Right. I don't care about points on that, the coconut level. The fucking escalator level is just... That's a, so hard to get by. It's a real dick
1: bonus yeah. bonus level because uh, what happens is the closer you get to that cage that's blocking the escalator that you need to jump onto, the more animals shoot out, and then if you don't clear it. And an animal comes out. There's this thing that happens. And again, I'm just going to chalk it up to really shitty programming. You get stuck on the cage. Yeah. And it starts making this like, now, 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 And you're like, oh, no. And like, you're going to die. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You're just going to die. You can keep hitting jump. But it's not going to let you go any further forward. So you're going to have to jump back. And the moment you jump back is when a rush of animals come out and kill yeah. you. The game has a lot of cheap elements about it especially in the later levels you know the animals in the beginning it takes a little while to chew through the brick wall later on they just shoot right through the brick wall yeah there's nothing holding them back it's
0: like it's not even there towards level four five or six somewhere around there when you get dropped into the play field there is no cage at all you have to build the cage from scratch like you said invisible so you can again probably bad programming (laughs) But the neat thing about it is those stages where you don't you start with no cage, you actually build bricks deeper as you run back and forth across them. Uh, but then again, the animals, uh, yeah, the they, they power through, and sometimes they'll be right at the surface, so you can't even bury them in. They're like one pixel below you, and at any time they could just pop pop back through right onto you. And another feature about this is that I fucking don't remember huh? <sighs> and, and you know what bubble bobble might have fit in there too with those platforms but not really never mind
1: yeah well, <laughs> not, well a little bit i mean speaking of platforms i've got nothing for platformers other than it's one of the earliest
0: but yeah that's what i um, you to say
1: speaking of platformers
0: the, <laughs> this it's game really?
1: was not ported to any home console until 2005 Which I find kind of shocking. You figure it would show up on something like the ZX Spectrum, even or fucking Amstrad, or. Yeah, really? You know, even the Atari, I believe you probably could have pulled this off on there, but. No, it didn't come out until 2005, a part of the uh, Taito Legends collection for the PS2 and Xbox and PC. The one thing that I think I would have liked to improve upon in this game. Is not touching this game at all, but I would have liked if Taito gave this game the same treatment that we saw with Lock and Chase and Heine Co. Alien, Heine um, where yeah. it got a Game Boy release uh, that improved upon the mechanics. Could you imagine the blur if this came out on the Game Boy? Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> but you know what? I want The Game Boy just has some good examples of arcade games being reimagined for that system. True. And I would have liked to see that happen to this game. Because I don't want to say I want to see it on the Super Nintendo. Because a lot of times when they we talked about with Heineko Alien, that game on the Super Nintendo is not very good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the Game Boy game is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of a couple other arcade games, too, where when they went over to the 16-bit consoles, it was just basically a graphical improvement. Yeah. Whereas when they went over to the Game Boy, because of the limitations of the system... They had to rethink the mechanics a little bit and maybe play it a little different. And Lock and Chase is probably the best example of that, where that is a very fun game that takes Lock and Chase and has a spin about it. I would like to see that. I'd like to see more of this mechanic because I think this has some strong bones to have a sequel built upon it. But unfortunately, it never happened.
0: I think because... It's so fucking of, weird. Yeah, it's abstract in its presentation as well. But I mean, like, even Kicks got a sequel. Yeah, Kicks, and it like, Kicks sort of makes Kicks. sense Kicks, because Kicks, yeah. Kicks is metal as fuck. Oh yeah. It is. But Kick sort of know makes sense. I hate se- when I say yeah, I that. do. <laughs> kick sort of makes sense because it is abstract altogether. This is abstract in like Salvador Dali running around trying to design a video game because you're a person, but you're going around a box, but you're not facing. You're like a Picasso. Oh. If you told Jeff Mittner to make a video game about the zoo, this is what he would give you. Yeah. He is like the Alan Mora video game. That's true. Two additional things I'd like to mention. Number one is. In the actual game itself, it doesn't matter the level you are on. The enemies can be completely different in difficulty each time you put a quarter in. First level, you could get slaughtered. You don't know. Those elephants might be running around like fucking maniacs and just mm. destroy you. So Bad at, programming. At any, yeah, right. So any stage could be any speed on any quarter play. You don't know. It's unpredictable. The other thing was, if they would bring this to any handheld or console, I think you would break your (laughs) D-pad. This is true. Because it is so fast-paced. You are just mashing that thing back and forth, back and forth, going different ways. The only complaint I have about this game, and I will play this over and over and over again, because I want to see how high I could get, of course. Mm -hmm. However, I cannot play this for an extended period of time because I get burned out on it because I keep having to restart from the first level. Yeah. And like I said, I could get past the first six levels perfectly, but I'm tired of seeing those first six levels. And that's understandable. It's not like you're seeing anything different. No, uh, you know, it's, it's the same thing, but I don't want to restart all the way from the beginning. that's what you have to do. In fact, on the main emulation, there's no dip switches that I could find. So you're always three lives and of course no continue you don't you don't continue from this any place that you left off you start the game from scratch and that's my complaint about the title it's perfect arcade style game you could always go back to it because it has those arcade play mechanics it has the graphics that worked for the time and work now because they didn't try to overstep their graphic capabilities of the hardware or or any other type of aesthetic
1: i think your criticisms are fair and they're very apparent that's why i say like i think i wouldn't change anything about this game because i think historically this game has a place and should be played whether you like it or not. Just try it. Yeah. If you're into, I mean, because it's definitely not for everybody, but... And there's nothing you, like it, like you said. That's the thing, is there's nothing like it, and I would have liked to see these ideas just refined a little bit more on a different console, and I thought maybe the Game Boy would be a good place. But, you know, something like this could be revisited now yeah. on the PC or or on the iOS devices. So, I think there's something noteworthy there. I do see its limitations it has a charm about it to me because of those limitations i'm the first to say
0: it's got real shit programming mighty bomb jack is a game that there's nothing else really like it too yeah and it's a game that you can go back to and for its graphics it works i think it's on the same level as that as far as maybe for me wanting to, to play it Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a lot better than Mighty Bomb Jack. There's more to do. There's there's different levels, but sort of like Circus Charlie, uh, I, I would rather yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would rather it have been just a one type of game mechanic game because the other two platforming and with the escalator thing put me off. You know, if it's breakout, it's breakout. Keep it being that trying to keep those animals in the cages. Right. The end. And now here's TT Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue.
1: We shall see. Hello, I am TT Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue.
0: good luck dudes so what's your clue for next week's game a week oh only a yeah week we do play. this weekly Jesus I gotta start working <laughs> we gotta start getting paid I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah <sighs> well we only get we only get paid for a pick of the bucks at the end of the month because yeah. of the st688 yeah that's right and you keep winning so where are all those dollars <sighs> going Dude, don't worry about it
1: <laughs> a trust fund it's a my trust- hint for next week is the only thing missing from this game is Morgan Freeman's narration. Sometimes I don't get your
0: hints at all. Come
1: on, man! Which it's I like. Easy. It,
0: which I like it. Uh, oh, I get it now. I get it now. Shawshank Redemption. I get it now. Yeah, I hate when the bees fly out of that guy's mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it now. Okay, mine is gnip Gnop. What? Now see? Come what? on. What? 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 Talk about my clue. What? Well, you, you don't think Ganip Ganap's a good good example of this game? <laughs> Canip right. Canop can is ping pong spell backwards, friends. Yes, I. Yeah. Well, we hope that you like us and uh, don't be a jerk all the time. And we hope that you like us again and like us more. Bye bye. You were born with an asshole, Doris. You don't need Chuck. I fucking say it! What wouldn't one button wee-wee action improve our whole lives of lives? It'd make things a lot easier. It
1: would make things a lot easier. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing I can improve
0: upon this game, it would- it, I just completely fucking mumbled my words. <laughs> what would be the one thing that you think could improve this game? One button wee-wee action. Agreed. Hello. You know what would make this game a lot easier? One button button (laughs) Wii reaction. Sucks. You know what doesn't suck? Sega dick. Sega dick and one button Wii (laughs) reaction. Okay.